Hello and welcome to the Keep Going Podcast with Bishop S.Y. Younger. We invite you to share and subscribe. Be sure to follow Bishop Younger across all social media platforms and visit our website at www.bishopyounger.com. Now, let's jump into this week's episode. Chapter 10, verse 38 through verse 42. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving, came to him and said, Lord, does thou not care that my sister have left me to serve alone? Make her come in here and help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is for sure. Mary have chosen that good part which it shall not be taken away from her and all of God's people said amen in the last 25 minutes of this service I want to share with you the message entitled you get to eat too you get to eat too now Pastor Westgate said to us that when it comes to our uh, uh, Praise, and when it comes to worship, for us not to get overwhelmed and being overly analytical to the point that we don't embrace worship. But it's okay for you to be a little analytical when it comes to preaching. As a matter of fact, you need to be. Um, so I'm going to say something today that it's okay for you to chew on it, and if you decide that it's not proper theology, just take a napkin and go like this. Don't go, ooh, that's not right. No, just take it out. I believe in original sin. I do. But I don't know if I believe we're all born innately evil. I believe we have a sinful nature. But having a sinful nature and being born with a wicked disposition, I feel is two different things. Born in sin? Yes. But I believe that there is a level of sinful activity that is not necessarily nature, but nurture. The environment. For example, I don't believe people are born racist. Kids don't see each other like we do. You know? So what I'm trying to get to, I don't approach people whether they are believers or unbelievers with the idea that they are bad people. Even if we are born as sinners, and we are, we still have a God-likeness. Yes, even sinners. They, they may haven't confessed Jesus yet. They may not even be baptized in the Holy Ghost, but there's already in their DNA some sort of God-consciousness. Yes, we are selfish people, sin nature, but we are also selfless, God conscious. 
We are takers, sin nature, but we are also givers, and that's God in us. I feel that if the credits are going to roll at the end of the production of our lives, the part of us that's self-sacrificing would have to be attributed to God Almighty. But it's possible to function in a good attribute, but it not come from a good place. I remember growing up in the little town of Gretna, there was a bubblegum machine at a restaurant called Renee's Cafe. You put a quarter in it, you get some bubblegum. Until one day we discovered that without putting a quarter in it, you could turn the lever and the bubblegum would still come out. <laughs> Don't you judge me. You see, although it was good gum, it was coming from a malfunctioned place. It was free to us that was taking it. <laughs> but the gum came at a cost to the owner of the machine. Yes, you have a good heart, but sometimes your serving and your doing for others is an attempt to overcompensate for other areas in your life. I see this in parents that are trying to overdo it for their kids because of something they lacked as children. There are even parents who are in bondage to their kids. There are husbands that are enslaved to their wives because they're trying to pay penance for a mistake or an offense due to an abandonment or infidelity. I often say this. Our human relationships also reflect or affect our relationship with God. What am I saying? Most of us, many of us, our proximity to God is at a seemingly reverent, seemingly reverent, noble position of servant. <laughs> I'm just a servant. Hear me, angel. I, I'm, just, I'm just God's servant. Yes, we are. We all are servants of the Most High. It sounds right, and it is right, but just like that bubblegum machine, just because it's put in our gum don't mean it's working right. Many of us stay on the level of serving God and never embracing being a child of God and could not ever fathom being a friend of God. I'm almost finished. <laughs> The servant posture is easy for you because all of your life you've served, but sitting is complicated. Why? Because I don't deserve it. And how will I ever deserve it if I don't work for it? How, I don't deserve it, and how will I ever be loved if they don't get to see what I bring to the table? How will I ever be accepted if I don't earn it? Serving puts you in the room but it doesn't always put you at the table this is why communion is so important because it's constantly reminding us that we get to come to the table and Jesus says 
I'm washing the feet. I'm passing the bread. I'm pouring the wine. All things are ready. You have one assignment. Sit down. We who have always tried to earn everything have a challenge with just accepting. Many of you who cook for the holidays, you never get to eat. You bake pies, and then all of it is gone. And then you get to the end of a day with a headache, and you say, why is my head hurting? Have you ever got so busy in a day doing, 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 and realize that you forgot to eat? And I'm not telling you not to serve. I'm telling you to know when to sit and receive. Receive what you've served to others. And more importantly, receive what Jesus is serving you. I'm sorry, my message ain't fancy, but it's what God gave me. You have given forgiveness to others. Now you receive it. You preached about grace, but you get to have it too. God is a God of mercy, not just for them, but for also for you. I want you to look at the person beside you. Tell them you are not just used by God, but you're also loved by God. We, we need to know that because we're so accustomed to being disposable to other people. As soon as they get all of our resources, as soon as they get all of our time, then they no longer desire us. But God is not like man. Many people never receive from God because they don't believe they can actually receive it because they have to actually earn it. And trying to earn God's love is exhausting. Look what Jesus told the disciples. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. He didn't say fight for it. He didn't say beg me for it. He said Re receive. We see in Matthew, Jesus is feeding 5,000. Then the next chapter, he's feeding 4,000. The number five is significant because the number five deals with the Torah. Four is significant because it deals with universal. When he was feeding the 5,000, he was feeding Jews. When he was feeding the over 4,000, he was feeding Gentiles. He was communicating even before the cross that the bread, hallelujah, that's being multiplied is not just for the Jews but it's also for the Gentiles. He was telling the Gentiles, you get to eat too. You're not going to serve your way to heaven. You're not. You're not. You're not. You can feed the hungry. Hallelujah. You can wear long sweeping skirts. Hallelujah. You can try to pay penance for your sin for the rest of your life, but serving won't get you. The way to heaven is not serving. The way to heaven is Jesus. I serve. Hallelujah. Because I'm a son. I serve because I have relationship. I serve. Hallelujah. 
we are, we're going to work. We're going to work. We're going to serve. We will remember this is a family business. All the workers are family. And you get to eat. You get to eat too. Saul had a descendant that had been displaced. Mm. It's one thing to uh, to desire something that you've never had. But it's another thing to lose something that you experienced. It is, it is, it is. Because when you have been there, but you're no longer there, you experience something called loss. And loss comes with grieving and agony. Mephibosheth was a grandson of royalty. I'm not going to work hard. I'm finished now. <laughs> I ain't got no more notes. <laughs> he was a son of royalty. That means he had attendance from the time he was born. Probably wasn't even nursed by his mother. They had women who would nurse for the queens and the princes. But something happened. During the reign of King Saul, his grandfather, something, something happened. Something he didn't ask for, something he didn't choose, something that was not a part of the projection of the royal itinerary. War happened. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor whether you like it or not. Tell her whether you plan for it or not. Life will happen. And that's why it's important to you for you to have a relationship with God for yourself. Because Mephibosheth, although he's of royal birth, one battle takes out his father, his mother, his grand, everybody he knows and everybody he's ever leaned on and everybody he's ever depended on, everybody who's ever undergirded him, anybody who's ever protected, one battle took it out. You can wake up one morning and everything you ever leaned and depended on can be taken from you. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, you got to know God for yourself. I, I, know, I know your preacher know God. I know your mama know God. I know your daddy know God. But some of you are in a place right now where you can't reach mama and you can't lean on daddy. And although you had a praying grandmother, grandma can't pray you through this. You've got to know God for one day. And one battle robbed him of everything he knew. And in haste, this Mephibosheth, in haste, his nurse grabbed him because she's running for her life and she's trying to protect his life. Because if a monarchy goes under siege, that means anybody that's connected to the monarch now becomes a threat to the new reigning king. 
I'm not boring y'all with this story. I hope, but this is what I got. So what the Bible says, she grabs the baby and she runs with him. But while running, she dropped him. <laughs> she, she dropped him. He was dropped by someone whose whole job was to protect him. He was dropped by somebody who their whole assignment in life was to make sure he's taken care of. What happens when you're dropped by the people who were assigned to carry you. <sighs> and let me tell you, and if you're going to ever heal from the drop, you got to stop seeing your nurse, hallelujah, for what that nurse is, a human that was running. A human that was trying to survive. Everybody that dropped you, it wasn't their intention. I know. I know your father. I know your father abandoned you. But you may have to consider that he dropped you because he didn't have the capacity to carry you. And as long as you rehearse the trauma, you'll never get to triumph. Because now you're dealing with an affliction and you need somebody to blame for it. Because she dropped him, he's now lame. And he's so lame that he doesn't have a limp. Because in order to have a limp, that means you got to have one that works right. But the Bible said he's now lame on both of his feet. In other words, his mobility has been afflicted. And now he's far from Jerusalem. He's far from the place that he grew up. He's far from the palace. He's far from what he experienced. He's far from the pleasures of royal birth. He's been left in a low place for his safety called Lodabar. Some of you have hid. Some of you are hiding. Not because you're humble. You're hiding because you're afraid. Sister Cassie, you sing so good. Cassie, you said, oh, no, I'm fine. Oh, no, no, no. I'm fine. I'm fine. She's so humble. No, she's scared. She's scared. Because if you put me out there in the middle by myself, who's going to protect me? Because I've already been dropped before. This is somebody's healing service right now. 
I'm not, I'm not pouring oil on your head and I'm not slapping my hands all over your head. But right now, God is healing somebody in that mind because somebody has been so, you, you've been afraid and you pull back. You're in Lodabar. And where is Lodabar? The word Lodabar means the place of no pasture. And he's not just there for a few days. He's there for a long time. Everybody else, you eavesdrop. But I'm talking right now to somebody who's had to deal with something for a long time. Maybe it's different people, but it's the same story. Maybe it's a different city, but it's the same pattern. you always find yourself stuck not moving yeah. rehearsing the trauma never getting a testimony mm. Mm. a new king comes to the throne this king's name is David we call David a type of Christ we call him a messianic king in other words there's aspects of David when we look at David we see Jesus and in David's administration, as soon as he gets there, he says, Is there anybody that's left there anybody? of the house of the first king? Yes. You can imagine his attendants. Uh-oh. You can imagine his soldiers. Is there anybody left? Anybody? Is there anybody left? David said, No, 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 put down, put down your sword. Is there anybody left from Saul's administration that I can bless? See, this is when you know you have the heart of Jesus. Not because of the way you dance, or prophesy, or speak in tongue. The way you know you got the heart of Jesus is how you handle your enemies. <laughs> this is how you know you got the heart of Jesus. If how you how you think toward those who hurt you. And I want to speak to somebody. Stop feeling bad about it. Stop trying to explain yourself to family members because you gave him another chance. Because you can still speak to people who stabbed you in the back. People call that weakness. That's not weakness. That's strength. It takes a strong person to know what they said. Uh, look at y'all the way you're looking at me. It takes a strong person to know what they did. And feel no kind of way about it. I don't have to stay in regret when I got a revelation. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor if you ever get a revelation. You'll never be stuck in regret again. I dare somebody right now, I'm going to give you a chance. I want you to praise God for everything that afflicted you. I want you to praise God for everything that hurt. I want you to pray. I'm going to ask you to do something crazy. Praise God for the last mistake you made. Praise God for the last setback. I know what, I can't praise God. Yes, you can. Because Romans 8 and 28 says, For we know, we already know that all things work together. Will you point to three people in your section? Tell them it's working. It's working. It's working. Is there anybody 
Is there anybody left? Is there anybody left that I can bless? Why, why David, would you want to bless the descendant of the man who tried to kill you? Listen to what David says. Because I made a covenant with the father. All of you who are saying, I don't deserve it, you don't. But because God made a promise. Mm, hallelujah. I need you to, put, I, 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 let me close now because I'm, I'm passing the time and I don't mean to raise my voice. But I want you to put your hand on somebody's shoulder and tell them, I get it now. I get it. The only reason why he kept me alive, because of the promise, because he made me a promise. He made my parents a promise. He made my grandparents a promise. And when he made a promise to Abraham, he found nobody to swear by. So he swore by his own name. And listen what he says. My word will go out and it will not return void, but it will accomplish everything that it was sent out to do. You should praise God. God right now because the God we serve is not just a promise maker but the God we serve is a promise keeper push somebody tell him he keeps his promises he keeps his promises to a thousand generations he keeps his promises to dead men he keeps his keeps his promises keeps his promises he keeps his promises he keeps his promises men will lie and even men with good intentions will fail at keeping promises but send the word down your road tell him he keeps his promises look at somebody behind you tell him he keeps his promises the grass withers and the flowers fade but he keeps, he keeps, he keeps his promises. That's why the Bible says Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, not even considering that time has went by, but the promise still stands. I need about 50 people in this room. You ain't got to praise him for the fulfillment. Praise him for the promise because the promise is a done deal. The promise. Scream at somebody, tell them it's a done deal. Everything is coming out. My marriage is coming out. My children are coming out. I'm coming out. My destiny is going to be revealed. It's, it's, a, it's a done deal. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, Cedric here, here's King David pulling up to Lodabar, pulling up to Section 8 housing. I want you to know when God get ready to bless you, he'll find you right where you are. Oh, my God. Tell your neighbor, God is not intimidated by my mess. I know we, when other people come in, you have, oh, oh, don't come in. You try to keep people at the door. 
But have you ever went to somebody's house and they was like, oh, excuse the mess. You like, this ain't nothing. You should have seen my bedroom two weeks ago. You should have seen the clothes all over the place. But the reason why I can come in this house is because I'm not intimidated by the chaos. I'm not intimidated by the mess. How many of y'all know you're glad that God is not intimidated with your mess? You said, I'm going to wait till I fix myself. I'm going to wait till I change myself. Jesus says, I'm the cleaner. Why are you going to clean up before I get here? I'm the cleaner. It's what I've been called to do. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I am so guilty. Because I travel all the time. You know, then somebody has to come by and clean because clothes are a demon. When they're not, when, when they're not submitted, clothes can be a demon. They just keep coming. And I, I've had to wash clothes the same load more than once. Don't y'all look at me like that. Put clothes in the washing machine, forget you put them in the washing machine. Then you come back home at the end of the next day like, oh my goodness, I got to wash these clothes all over again. Then the clothes end up in the dryer for two days. And some of y'all don't even take them out. You just start taking the clothes out the dryer to put them on. I'm guilty that before people come to my house to clean, I clean up. Why? Because... I don't want them to judge me by the condition of my mess. Because I have this image of myself that I need to keep up. And that image is I'm good. Oh, I'm good. Oh, I'm good. But you know what? Have we ever seen Mephibosheth get up and walk? He's always with his legs under the table. Because in our mind, if it can't be seen, that means it ain't happening. Out of sight, out of mind. And so we end up covering our affliction. Hiding the fact that we're stuck. And then when the one that comes to get us unstuck comes, fear comes on us. An invitation is given for change and fear comes on us. I'm afraid to trust again. When David is knocking on the door. Fear. You got company at the door. Who? Me? King David and what does he do he slides out of the chair and gets on his face and said I'm a dog 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 I'll serve you don't kill me because in our mind that's the God we serve. 
that's always standing by waiting for you to make another mistake. That's the God we serve. We don't come into close relationship with him because we're so always afraid of disappointing him. And if I can't do this perfect, I don't want to do this at all. I'm just, because we keep telling ourselves, I'm a dog. I'm just a dog. I'm a, I'm a dog. And David looks at Mephibosheth and says, no, I didn't, I'm not looking for you to punish you. I'm looking for you to bless you. He said, out of all the attendants and royal court that I have at my table, Mephibosheth, you get to eat too. I didn't mess it up with my father. I am, the mere fact I asked him for my inheritance before he's dead was communicating to him that I wish he was. And if anything is even more worse, he didn't fight me. He gave it to me. And now I've wasted it and I've ruined my family's name. So I know what I'm going to say. I'm going back. I'm going to go back. But I'm going to say to him, let me just be your servant. And while I'm calling myself servant, the father looks at him and calls him son. And the Messiah finally comes to. And not only does the Messiah comes, he comes to my house. The one they said raised Jairus' daughter came to my house. The one they said multiplied food came in my house. Let me make it presentable for him. Because Jesus is here. Let me go to working. Because Jesus is here. Let me work. Let me work. Let me, let me work. Let me earn it. Let me buy his love. Let me gain his affirmation. And there she is. Sitting at his feet. you see what I'm doing for Jesus? Don't you see how I'm working for Jesus? Don't you see how I'm slaving for Jesus? And you got enough nerve, instead of helping me, you're sitting at his feet. Jesus, I'm trying to make things right for you. Tell her to help me. I'm trying to make things right for you. Tell her to help me. And Jesus said, Martha, Martha you got a good heart but you focusing on the wrong thing right now I don't need nothing from you I don't need nothing from you Martha you've been cooking you've been strength to everybody else you've been strong for everybody else and I know it's hard for you to believe it Martha but you get to eat too I 
so I want to ask you a question. Are you tired and thirsty within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is Leave behind your mistakes and regrets. Come today, there's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Jesus is calling. Jesus. Stand on your feet. Oh, come to. Oh, come to. turn those lights down. I want to pray. Um, if, if you're here today, or maybe you're watching online and you need someone to pray with you, I want you to call that name on the screen. The king is saying, I'm bringing you to my table. How will I get there? I've been afflicted. I've been wounded. He'll carry you. <laughs> Some of you have been trying to get back to Jerusalem. You've been trying to get back to your place in God. It's one thing for you to have never tasted and experienced it. But I want you to know, this is not the moment for you to run. This is not the moment for you to work. This is the moment for you to sit. I was in church all my life trying to earn God's love. But now I want you to lift up your hands and receive the fact that you are loved. With the fruit of your lips, will you worship him for loving you even through your mess? Loving you when you were complicated. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. We pray something was said to encourage you to keep going. Make sure that you share and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Follow Bishop Younger across all social media platforms and visit our website at www.bishopyounger.com. And whatever you do, keep going.